welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys! <laughs> Did anybody else, was anybody else obsessed with the movie The Goonies when they were kids? Oh my God! One of my favorite movies, not gonna lie, still is to this day. You guys, welcome to episode, uh, I want to say 13 of the Karen Kenny Show. Okay, so today, you guys, we're going to talk about something that I love to talk about because it cracks me up. Whenever I, you know, I do spiritual mentoring for my, for my living, <laughs> it's how I make the dough, it's how I keep a roof over my head. <laughs> So I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm a storyteller, I am a podcaster, and I'm a spiritual mentor. In spiritual mentoring, I have clients, right? I work one-to-one -one with people, I have a group coaching program, whatever. And inevitably, at some point in somebody's uh, sessions with me, because uh, you know, that the hot beat of what I do, like the overlying umbrella of what I do is called fearless flow mentoring. And then within that, I have different programs, right? And in my Your Story to Your Glory group coaching program, inevitably when somebody's telling me their story, there's always somebody who is like the antagonist. Like when you think about, I'm also a writing, uh, a writing teacher, a, a certified gateless writing teacher. So when we're telling, telling stories, right, you always have to have kind of like the hero of your story. And then you have to have like the antagonist, the one who's a pain in the ass, right? <laughs> or, the, or the one that they bump up against, you know? And sometimes really in this lifetime, I will say almost most of the time in this lifetime, what we're bumping up against is our own thinking. However, inevitably, one of my clients will say, if not all at some point will say, and like, uh, if you're at home in your car or like driving or like listening somewhere on the subway or while you do your dishes, if this next statement is true for you, raise your hand in solidarity <laughs> raise your hand high give me a little moment of testify if you've heard yourself say the following but they just pushed my buttons that triggered me i got triggered i got triggered push my button such a button pusher <laughs> so this whole episode episode 13 of the karen kenny show is about buttons and button pushes. <laughs> so one of the things I always say to people when they're like, they just push my button. <laughs> I always say this, look, if you have buttons, and I'm not talking about buttons on your jacket, buttons on your shirt. I'm talking about internal buttons. If you've got a button, the universe will supply you with plenty of button pushes. <laughs> Isn't that so kind? Isn't that so kind of the infinite universe, right? You got some buttons, you are gonna get some button pushes. So this is what I always say to people. Why not eradicate? Why not get rid of the buttons instead of expecting 
expectations being premeditated resentments. I'm going to repeat that. So I got expectations as simply premeditated resentments. So rather than having a bunch of internal buttons that you're just going to be walking around like a raw live button, like waiting to be pushed. And I literally almost went to, well, it's not true. It's not, I shouldn't say almost. I literally was at Staples. I just came back from leading one of my, um, I do two annual uh, retreats, fearless flow retreats every year. And I just got back from um, the, May, the May one. It was a three-day retreat. And so I was at Staples having to have some copies made. And while I was there, I re- like, all of a sudden it dawned on me like, oh my God, Staples has those big red buttons that you can just push and you push it and it goes, well, that was easy. <laughs> and I had it in my hand. It was like $6.99. And I was like, okay, okay you're really going to spend seven bucks to like to make a point that only your YouTube viewers, not not your podcast listeners, but in case those of you who um, are listening right now, you know you can also watch the YouTube version of this show. But it's really just me sitting up in my podcast closet, being a little weirdo. <laughs> but it's kind of fun if you're a visual person and you want to look right. So I had this button in my hand, and it was like six six ninety nine, seven bucks, and I hit it through the thing. I must have did it like three times. There was a guy shopping for like envelopes behind me and he kept looking at me like I was a weirdo because I kept pushing it and cracking up because I was thinking about like this sounds like this sounds like um so many people you like you push the button it says well that was easy if you've got buttons then it's fucking easy to annoy you if you've got buttons then it's fucking easy to trigger you and here's the funny thing nobody outside of you is actually making you feel triggered. Nobody is making you, and I'm doing little air quotes like a spaz uh, at home, like nobody is making you uh, feel anything. You choose to get your button pushed and you actually want to get your button pushed. That's why you installed a button. (laughs) So here's the thing. Um, I look at it like this. The button pushes in our life, right? Like, I I can just say this, like your family members are usually your biggest button pushes. I will say, my sweetie's an only child, so he doesn't know this reality, but I will say siblings sometimes, because your siblings usually know you so well. They've been annoying you since you were kids, most of them. Some of you might have super duper loving relationships with your siblings, and if you do, God bless, man. Isn't that amazing? And look, you can still have sibling relationships that feel annoying or like you bump heads sometimes and they're still awesome. Like I love, I love my siblings. Right. Um, but I will often say that siblings know how to push buttons better than anybody because they know all your soft spots, especially new England kids, new England kids like know how to go for the fucking jugular. You know what I mean? And I often say it's an attribute of new England kids that I, I, I mean, I can laugh at it because I totally recognize it um, and maybe have participated um, more than I wish I had when I was a kid. Um, but we definitely know how to go for the soft spot. Um, and so, like, if you reveal a weakness, like, we weren't raised in an environment where it was like, oh, that's a soft spot. We sh- probably shouldn't poke that. Like, we probably should leave that alone. No, we were like the kids where if you already had a bruise, we would fucking noogie that spot like relentlessly. And we would do it to each other emotionally too. You can throw up a double amen hands if you know what I'm talking about if you're a New England kid. (laughs) But um, we tend to lean towards sarcasm, picking on you uh, to show affection, which is really kind of fucked up and backwards, but it's, it's what we did 
But when we were serious and legit and coming for you, we would go right for that button. We would go right for that button. So if you had body issues, if you were ashamed or embarrassed about something, like whatever, like to this day, my sister still calls me chubs. Okay. Like I'm 50 years old. <laughs> I was a chubby little kid. You guys, my dad, my dad used to say to me, um, would you swallow a bowling ball? Would you swallow a beach ball? <laughs> He's like, you look like you swallowed a beach ball. Because I had like a belly when I was a kid. It just like stuck out. Like, I don't know why. This is where I was born. It's where I was made, you know? It's not like I was like, quote unquote, like, you know, obese. I just had a belly. And my dad used to say things to me that wasn't very nice. And so my sister to this day, I think it's hysterical now. I swear to God, it doesn't bother me at all. It just kind of makes me laugh. My sister to this day still calls me chubs. <laughs> So I'm just saying, giving you a little, giving you a little uh, peek behind the scenes, all right, of how things went down. But here's the thing, you guys. If you have a bunch of buttons, what that tells me is you have a bunch of stories that you've been telling yourself. You have a bunch of places where you perceive yourself as um, maybe a victim, where you have a grievance, where you have a place that hasn't been healed, right? And so the work isn't in finding new people. Now, sometimes you should. Like, if people are fucking mean to you, you should get a new group of friends, right? Um, I always say your family doesn't have to just be the birth family. Uh, you can make your own family. And I know my sister Kim and I have done that so much over the years. Like, when we were growing up, uh, we also looked outside of ourselves. It's why our friends and our boyfriends growing up were so significant to us, because they also, uh, they kind of became like our family, because my family was kind of a shit show when we were younger. <laughs> but God bless, everybody was doing the best they could, you know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. If you've got some buttons, it might be good to actually focus internally on the buttons that you possess. And let's heal those suckers. Let's drag the stuff out of the basement. I sometimes talk about people as being like a house right? And we tend to just tidy up the first level floor where we live because company might come over and see some shit. So we make sure that's like tidy enough that we don't get, uh, they don't, um, you know, people are embarrassed to come into our house. But we got a bunch of shit down in the basement, okay? You might have some things up in the attic, but definitely down in that dark and damp basement where, where the, the uh, light bulb often goes out <laughs> and burns out so you don't look around, right? So we got to pull some stuff, those buttons, like out of the basement into the light of day for healing, into the light of spirit, out of the damp, dusky basement of the ego, which is the voice for fear right? Fear is the ego's domain. So we got to pull that shit out of there and bring it into the light. And we have to face these things and look at them. And who does that better for us? Nobody's going to show you faster that you have a button than your button pusher, right? And so I often talk about it like this, like being a mentor myself. I am a mentor who also has mentors because smart mentors know that it's smart to have mentors. <laughs> That's just how it goes. We all need a little bit of help getting the fuck out of our own way. So here's the thing that I often say. Mentors are great. Mentors are fantastic, right? Mentors are so friggin' helpful and important. However, tour mentors, <laughs> mentors are great, but tour mentors can take you a long way too, right? And so those people that push your buttons that annoy you, that antagonize you, the people who just like make you realize like, there's a thing again, right? Tormentors can take you a long way too. And they're sometimes our greatest teachers. And of course in miracles talks about it like on the three levels of teaching. 
that sometimes on the first level of teaching, you have somebody um, that you have a relationship with for like 30 seconds. Like you're riding, you're sharing an elevator together, or you see some little kids on the street playing with a ball and they kick the ball and it rolls over towards you and you pick it up and hand it back and like you have this moment of connection where maybe you share a smile that's first level of teaching where you don't spend a hell of a lot of time together but there's always a opportunity for a holy instant that you can recognize the christ self or the true self or the divine spark in each other right then there's a second level of teaching where maybe you hang out a little bit longer three months three years whatever you date whatever it is like you're together you do what you came to do. I'm kind of interweaving my hands together like a flowing motion. Like you come together, you do your things, and then boom, you split off and go in your own directions. The greatest amount of capacity of learning that you could learn together, fulfilled its thing, and then you go on your own way. And hopefully what you take from those relationships that end. Um, I always say uh, Course in Miracles, I'm paraphrasing, says that relationships don't truly end. They just change form. Right, so you might go from being lovers to being friends. You might go from being married to being separated or divorced. And um, it just, what changes is the form. And hopefully if we can learn to, we can learn to just hold on to all the love that was given and receive and let all the other shit go. That would be a beautiful way, right? People, all this conscious uncoupling stuff, I always just make air quotes. It just kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. It's like, whatever, do we have to get so fancy? How about you just like both acknowledge that, um, you know, we got what we needed and now we're moving on. <laughs> and the last level of teaching is like the third level of teaching is somebody that you might hang out with for like, let's say, uh, I don't know, your whole lifetime, like your family, your siblings, the people you marry, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like those are like some higher level stuff. And they say sometimes that your greatest teachers, your greatest teachers might not even be people you like. Amen. Hallelujah. I can totally testify to that because some of the people who have been the biggest pains in my ass have been the people who were simply showing to me the places where I still had some work to do. I was being stingy with my love. And A Course in Miracles says the only thing that could be missing in any situation is the love that I am not giving. Damn it! When I first heard that, the only love that, the only thing that could be missing from this situation is the love that I am not giving. So I have been counseling my people for years, my, my yoga students uh, for, for many, many years, and now my spiritual mentoring clients. I always say to them, don't be stingy with your breath. When you're stingy with your breath and you breathe shallowly, you make your body very tight, you make your body very tense, and you don't make it a great environment for healing, number one. Uh, and, and you also affect your nervous system, okay? And we, we want that nervous system to be primed for like calm and peace. <laughs> so you're not thinking from an uh, oxygen-deprived state of mind. <laughs> uh, but also, don't be, don't be stingy with your love. And a lot of times we are stingy with our love. A lot of times we pick certain people, what, what we would call in the Course of Miracles special relationships. Um, in special quote unquote love relationships often turn into special quote unquote hate relationships. <laughs> so we tend to pick a certain group of people, people you married, your family, your kids, maybe a couple of your friends. And you're like, I'm going to give all my love to these people, right? We're kind of stingy with our love. And excuse me, um, we're being invited all the time to extend our love uh, beyond just our own little group of people out into our community to all beings and creatures that includes all of our fuzzy furry uh and uh feathered and fishy friends right our brothers and sisters to all creatures and beings to the environment beyond the community to the world to the country to whatever beyond right so we don't just care about starving kids here 
we care about starving kids everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, and we're back. I kind of just went off there for a minute, but, and we're back. So one of the things is, is it's really important to, um, be thinking about, well, who are the mentors in my life, but also who are the tormentors and can I be grateful for what they reveal to me about me? I don't let too many things get under my skin. Um, I do still have some work to do in some areas because I do get very hooked. I, I get hooked around, and, and here's the interesting thing about bullies. I was supposed to say I get, I get hooked around bullies, but here's the thing about bullies. When you really um, step back and look at bullies from a wider perspective and a deeper perspective, you start to understand that in some way, please hear this the way that I mean this, because if you were bullied, um, especially if you were bullied very aggressively, this, this will make you mad when I say this, but I, I, want, I want to be clear what I mean. Is that on some level, um, you know, bullies don't really exist. Meaning, what I mean by that is bullies are often made. And what I have found to be true in my own life is that bullies often um, are being bullied in their own either home life or experience. And then they're reproducing um, that they're trying to do something with those feelings. They're trying to feel some sort of power. So I'm not saying that nobody got bullied, but what I'm saying is, is if you look deeper at the psychology in the wound of bullying, you often find somebody who's terrified and frightened underneath it. Not always, because some people are fucking sociopaths. You know what I mean? So I want to be really clear about that. Um, so I know that I hate injustices. I know that I hate when there's somebody bigger picking on somebody smaller, somebody with more power picking on somebody who doesn't have power, or people kind of exerting power when they have no fucking business to be exerting power. Like, you know, all the fucking white dudes who just tried to do the abortion uh, thing, not even tried, like they got it passed. Now we'll see where it goes in Alabama, right? Uh, but like shit like that kind of gets under my skin. And I sometimes don't mind because it often invokes me, it motivates me and inspires me to take action. So it, not all of it is bad. Like sometimes having um, a button or as I would say, like getting angry or agitated about something, if done in a healthy way, it can be a great motivation to actually try to create change or cultivate change. And it's not so much about fighting what is. I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna push back against the man, I'm gonna fight this. It's actually about using that energy to create something new right? To create an experience um, of power that is built on love instead of fear. And I also um, get, get worked up about, obviously, because I've been vegan for like 16 years. Uh, I have no tolerance for animal cruelty. I have no tolerance to um, people being cruel to children. Like, again, it's like the, the, the ones who have no voice. That goes back to the bullying and the injustice and the unfairness and bigger people who have control, like, like harming uh, things smaller than them or less powerful than them because they don't have a voice yet. Um, so that's something. And I don't think I would change that about myself, to tell you the truth. I kind of like that I, um, that I don't like those things. And, but I will say this, as a longtime student of A Course in Miracles, the way that I can navigate this world, because when I was much younger, I had a lot of buttons. Oh my God, I could get triggered by anything if I wanted to. If I worked hard enough on that day, I could let everything and everybody agitate me and piss me off. <laughs> it was like a superpower. It's like, oh yeah, push her button. She's easy, right? And now I'm in a place after so many years of mind training, and that's what A Course in Miracles really is. Come on, you guys. Passage meditation, which I'm a longtime student of. Uh, meditation is all, it's all just mind training, not brainwashing, mind training because the course of miracles tells us i'll say it two ways right same meaning an undisciplined mind 
An untrained mind can accomplish nothing. And so I've been training my mind for many, many, many years now. So I just don't get hooked by too many things. I don't get too worked up about too many things. Uh, and sometimes I'll still hear myself out of habit say, that pisses me off. I'm pissed about that. And then I start to laugh and I go, no, you're not. You don't like it, but it's not like I'm walking around pissed. You know what I mean? Uh, very few things actually get me pissed. Um, and when they do, I deal with it. First of all, I check myself because I can't be super effective uh, in the world about creating change if I'm out of my fucking mind, first of all. So I don't suppress my feelings. A Course in Miracles says, like, don't deny your feelings, just don't believe them. Like, don't make them such a big deal. I just don't make too many things too real. Because if I'm in that state of like really buying into the illusion here, I'm actually not that effective here. And so I choose to be impactful. So, um, so yeah, so I've chosen to deal with myself in all of my buttons. And I've done daily spiritual practice on the daily uh, for at least 25 years now uh, because it's helped me to um, transform myself, to transform my old stories into my glory. And so now those places where I used to have so many weaknesses and so many wounds are actually places of strength now, which is pretty cool, you guys. And that's why I love to do the work that I do. Uh, I love to help people transform those old stories and to turn those grievances that they used to have actually into um, their glory. And of course, a miracle says, you know, you can have a grievance or you can have a miracle. You cannot have both. And so if you've got a button or multiple, if you've got, let me say it this way, one or more buttons, <laughs> then we, uh, we ought to do something about it. Let's, let's put some uh, energy into transforming those. And, um, you know, Eckhart Tolle um, says, he has a saying, I'm going to paraphrase it. Maybe, maybe I'll get it on point. I don't know, but it's, it's, it's in there. It's in there. It's been in there long enough that I kind of can get it right. Um, he basically says, like, when you complain, you make yourself a victim. And he says, change the situation, leave the situation, or accept it. All else is madness. I'm going to say it again. When you complain, you make yourself a victim. So either leave the situation, change the situation, or accept it, because everything else is madness. And the thing that I would say, which, first of all, I love that saying, and I say it to people, I say it to my I, in fact, I said it this weekend at my spiritual mentoring retreat, my Fearless Flow retreat, um, and um, I, I said that there, and I love it, and I live by it, right? Because I realized that if I'm agitated, nobody took my peace of mind from me. I gave that shit away. Nobody can take my peace of mind and nobody can take my power, but I can give it away. So if my button's getting pushed, warning, danger, Will Robinson. You know, and I'm like, Houston, we have a problem. When all the buzzes, like starts going off, I'm like, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? As I keep saying, you better go in there and, uh, and get your mind right. And so one of the other things I like to say in relation to what Eckhart Tolle says is, um, 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 hold on, hold on, brain fart. Oh, yeah, yeah, Course in Miracles, and we're back. <laughs> a Course in Miracles says, um, you cannot change, oftentimes, most of the times, you cannot change what the world does. Can't control it, can't change it. But you can change how you think about what the world does. 
And that's where the real work is. It isn't on changing the people out there. It isn't about trying to get the button pushes, AKA the tormentors, to stop pushing your friggin' buttons. It's about getting rid of your own buttons. And that's where daily spiritual practice comes in. And that's why I love to help people <laughs> do this work. Daily dedication, determination, discipline, and devotion. That's how it gets done, right? So if you're somebody at home who's listening, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, please at some point find me in the interwebs, out in the ethers, send me a DM, whether it's on Instagram or like a PM, everybody called personal message, direct message on Instagram or Facebook or throw, like hit me up on my Facebook page or whatever. Hit, send me, set, go to my website, hit the, hit the, you know, connect or contact button. Send me a little story. I would love to hear about what your buttons are. <laughs> and then I would also love to hear what your plan is to help yourself dissolve them, release them, let go of them, transform them right? What are your buttons and what's your plan to get rid of them? You might just find that um, you don't know how to do it on your own. <laughs> if you've had that sucker for a wicked long time, if you've been working on it, you know, at some point we just have to surrender it. We just have to send up a flare, put up a flag and say, hey, I need help. This has been going on way too long. And I just totally spit on my screen, you guys. <laughs> As Einstein says, uh, I just got so excited. I'm spittling. Uh, as Einstein says, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but um, the same mind that created the problem, you cannot find the solution at the same level of thinking with the same level of mind that actually created the problem. And that's when you call in uh, the big guns. And sometimes, uh, not all, I wouldn't even say sometimes, first, the first thing you do is call upon the inner teacher that exists within you. Whether you call that spirit, Holy Spirit, Jesus, like whatever your go-to is, I call it your spiritual team and Holy Spirit is on my spiritual team. So I call in the big guns. But if you don't have a relationship yet with your spiritual team, number one, go to my website, Karen, Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y.com backslash freebie, F-I-E-E-B-I, freebie, and download the, um, how do you, um, how to um, build your own spiritual team, that PDF guide. It's a one sheet worksheet, wicked easy. Fill that sucker out. And then part of the work that I do as a spiritual mentor is helping people to understand their spiritual team, helping them to develop it so that they can start to call upon themselves. But sometimes we need a little help in the beginning and we have to look out. We, well, we don't have to, but we could choose to look outside of ourselves for external teachers who can help us and walk along beside us for part of the way, right? Which can be wicked helpful. And that's what I love to do. So that's what I got for you today, you guys. If you've got buttons and they're being pushed and you want them to stop being pushed, you've got to do the work to face these things. And why? Here's the thing. Ask yourself, how did the button get there? Here's the actual answer to that. It doesn't matter how it got there. It's yours now. And it's being pushed like a motherfucker. <laughs> but it is good to know sometimes, oh yeah, this got put in place when I was in fourth grade and so-and-so called me fat. This got put in place when told me I was lazy. Oh yeah, this is when that teacher said to me, I'll never amount to anything. I wasn't smart enough. This is when I had to eat, like, you know, I had to look for food, like whatever. Like, you know, that, that, that year when my parents, we lived out of our car. 
and I was ashamed and I was guilty. You know, this button comes from when I was molested when I was a little kid. This one comes from, right? We all have our stories, you guys. And those buttons are also often our defense mechanisms. They're our great wounds and they haven't been healed. And people often say to me, you know, when you start a business um, as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out who your niche or your niche, who your, what your market is. Some people call it your ideal client or your avatar, right? You have to know who you work with. And some people say, oh, I work with women only. Uh, I work with men who, I work with women who, and then, you know, whatever their problem is. Uh, I always say people because I work with men and women. Um, I, I just like work with people. But people often say to me, oh, you don't work with children. And I say, well, I don't work with anybody usually who's uh, 18 or under. You have to be 18 or older usually almost, you know, for me to work with you. But so people will often say to me, oh, you work with adults. And I always correct them. And I say, well, kind of. I actually tend to <laughs> work with uh, wounded children who are walking around in adult bodies. And that's where the work comes in. Because a lot of the times that the stuff that we're bumping up against as adults it's not that our adults aren't smart enough, strong enough, wise enough, capable enough to handle it, but we don't have the tools yet because our young one, the one who was picked on, beaten, molested, abandoned, terrified, fill in the blank, um, is the one who's still kind of showing up with those wounds. And for whatever reason, it wasn't addressed at the time. So I have, I totally think it's important that you um, recognize your buttons because it's a cry for love. It's a cry for help. And so we want to give it the uh, time and the attention it deserves, but not so much and not so long. Like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's time. Like if you notice you have a button, button, if you're like, oh shit, I just got triggered again. It's time. Like the world needs the adults to get their shit together, to stop focusing on their childhood wounds. We don't have time for people to keep, you know, as Marianne, my, my friend and my um, spiritual godmother, uh, Marianne Williamson is in New Hampshire today. I just got to see her earlier. And she was basically saying, we don't have time for everybody to just kind of keep working on their wounds. Like the, the world needs us now, right? Uh, we, need to, we need to heal our personal stuff so we can go out and create universal change. Because in, as, as I always say, uh, the world needs help. God sent you. So that's how I'm going to leave it. I would love to hear from you guys. I always say these podcasts, you guys are, I mean, yes, I guess technically in the moment, it's me talking to you. But I want us to be able to have a dialogue. I want us to be able to connect and go back and forth. So I always love to hear from you. I swear to God, I read everything, right? I read everything. Um, and I love to hear um, how this landed in you. What Maybe if you had an aha, what, what um, caught your attention? What, was there something that you realized? Was there something that was helpful? Was there something that was valuable? Um, so like send up a flare and let me know, like reach out to me, uh, drop, drop a line. Um, if you're digging the show, do me a wicked favor, please. A wicked big favor and go to iTunes, um, and leave a review or whatever that you do with the stars. Like you can like the thing, I guess, and like leave five stars, four stars. But I'm not telling you how many stars to leave. That, that's your personal conscious and how you're uh, receiving this podcast, if you dig it or not. But it'd be great if you could go, if you do love it, if you are enjoying it, uh, to, to go and to leave a review. And then if there's somebody you know, try to think right now. I started, I just started laughing. I'm like, do I know anybody who has buttons? I started cracking up. First of all, I'm looking at myself right now in the camera. I'm like, hello. Yeah. You got a couple, you still got a couple there, my friend, but I'm working on it every single day, you guys. But if you know somebody who has some pretty big buttons and you think that this podcast, this episode uh, could be helpful to them 
on buttons and button pushes, on mentors and tormentors, right? Please share it with them. Please invite them to listen, pass it on. Because it's one of the ways, like part of this podcast, you guys, for me, is one of the ways, it's part of the legacy of my work and my life and how I get to spread the love. And so when you share, remember that old commercial from way back in the 70s? All the women in the shower, like shampoo in their hair. And they're like, and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on. That's how the love gets spread around. We all help each other. So I know for myself, when I'm listening to a podcast or an episode somewhere and I think, oh my God, so-and-so would love this or so-and-so could really, you know, excuse me, uh, enjoy this or benefit from it. I always pass it on. So I'm just asking for a small little favor. <laughs> if you'd be willing, I'd be psyched. Thank you so much. And so you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know you could be anywhere else doing anything else. And the fact that you're choosing to spend a little bit of time with me, it warms my heart and I appreciate you so much. So always remember, I see you. I celebrate you. I appreciate you. I love you. And wherever you go, my brothers and sisters, may you be a blessing. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>